This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the Media Rumble Sessions. Hello everyone, so good to see you all. I hope you've been having a great time at the Media Rumble and some really engaging conversations over the past one and a half days. We are going to be discussing digital versus legacy. We're going to fight. No, we won't. <laughs> so we're discussing synergies and conflicts. And before we uh, get to the conflict bit, maybe we should talk about synergies. Um, I think uh, despite the formats that we work in, uh, we all face similar predicaments, which is how do you do meaningful journalism while being sustainable? How do you get your newsrooms to adapt to changing technology? And how do you uh, innovate to stay relevant? So I think my first uh, question is going to be to all of you. I'm just going to throw this at you uh, because you all come from diverse backgrounds. You've been with uh, Legacy Media, but you've all started up now. Nikhil, of course, you're consulting uh, with The Mint, uh, but you speak here for yourself. <laughs> so anyway, my first question, actually, I'm just going to, uh, why, why doesn't Indraji take this first? Uh, I want to ask each of you one thing that you think mainstream media should learn from digital and one thing that the digital media should learn from mainstream. Thanks, Manisha. Great <laughs> to be here. Um, I'll um, handle this a little differently, uh, mm. Manisha, with your permission, because yes. I've had a leg in legacy as well as uh, now with a new digital brand uh, platform. Um, I, th I don't think life could have been more different. Um, when I was building the, uh, the India edition of Forbes in 2008, um, we, I think, put together a team of 45 people in less than a month, mm. right? Uh, great brand, people wanted to work um, to build out the India edition of Forbes. Um, I think 90% of the work we did was largely print, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, we were competing in the business magazine genre as it were, right? Today when I look at what we are doing at Founding Fuel, we have a very small team of about, I think, six or seven core people, mm. um, but we've built a very large extended network of contributors, many of whom are not professional journalists, but thought leaders in their own space, whether it's in management, strategy, entrepreneurship, uh, impact investing, um, even climate change and the earlier session. So it's, it's quite different in the sense that the economics of the business and where we are in terms of a matter of a decade, things have fundamentally changed. We can't afford large newsrooms anymore, so we've got to creatively address the issue of how to build teams and how to have, uh, um, you know, not bust the bank in terms of building a large team, but do more with less, Yeah. right? Uh, much the same, we, there was a time when we used to produce a magazine every fortnight um, with at least 40, 45 stories, um, media has gotten unbundled with digitization, right? So, so we've got to adapt to that. Um, we're putting out about five, six very deeply researched reported stories now every week, right? That's very different from what used to do. We used to do at Forbes India. And a lot of those stories are addressed, can be read, it can be listened to, and also watched. So in right? all formats. Fundamentally changed, yeah. right? And we've had to adapt and equip ourselves for that. The entire team and the extended network that I referred to, many of them are thought leaders. Um, they've all adapted as well. There is this myth that we're short of 
resources and, uh, um, and that uh, digital has made it very difficult to build, build business models. It is. Both of those things are true. But I think what we now need to do is look at it with a lot more creative imagination, right? I think that's very critical. We've, uh, I think if we also look at the business model challenge that all of us are faced, we're talking about um, the whole world in binaries, right? Either, either subscription or advertising. Hmm. I'm saying that I don't want to do either. There are ways to look at business model innovation without necessarily putting your um, um, you know, weight on either of those two. Uh, okay. In a week's time, we will uh, announce a, a, a partnership with FewSense, right? which is a platform which works with publishers around the world. And uh, we're not convinced that selling subscription bundles, very expensive subscription bundles, beyond the point will fly in India, right? Surinder, of course, will have a different view because they've chosen to go the subscription route. Hmm. We're saying, let's look at micropayments. Let people choose what they like to read or listen or watch um, and pay for that. So you pay for a Small story amounts. or you pay Small for amounts. a video? Yes. Okay. Well, not a video. It's an entire experience. experience. Videos integrated into that experience. Hmm. So that's the other difference, okay. that we're not selling one unit of content. Uh, I think someone on the previous panels talked about, uh, Rama, I think, uh, talked about helping people understand the world in which we live. We've chosen a certain part of that world to address because we can't be everything to everyone. But um, So it's not about selling individual pieces of content, but trying uh, to help bring digital technologies together to offer a better reader or a user experience, as it were. So I'll stop here. <laughs> Nikhil, do you want to come in? Well, but you didn't tell me one thing that mainstream media should learn from digital and one... That I think frugality. <laughs> frugality. Frugality. No, I talked about frugality. extended enterprises. I mean, extended contributor networks. Mm. I, I think the, you the reason... you more with less No, space. so today, every newspaper or a magazine has external columnists writing for them. Mm. But tell me something. I mean, how much conversation really happens in the creative process? Zero. I mean, I write for Business Standard. I mean, happy to say that. I, I enjoy that column, but there is very little conversation that happens with the, with the team, okay. right? In our case, it's very different. We work very, very deeply with all our contributors. The editing process is, is taken very seriously, the ideation, the concept. So it is proper curation. It is okay. not just give me 800 words tomorrow, right? <laughs> That's Nikhil, do you want to come in? Sure. Thanks, Manisha. So I'm going to try and answer your question with the example of a story that we were just chatting about. Um, this is, I'm literally borrowing a page out of uh, Clay Christensen's The Innovator's Dilemma, right? Because that's what I see happening um, with the media. So the famous American corporation Kodak was the king of uh, you know, film. And they were so profitable, they had a large R&D department, they kept innovating. Uh, bringing out new uh, products. They were the first ones to innovate the digital camera. So they invented the silicon wafer. They uh, had a, in the R&D department, a young engineer called Kevin Styrum who uh, built a mobile app that went on to be known as Instagram and you know, revolutionized the way imaging is changing our lives. That's apparently, I mean, that's not a true story, right? That didn't happen. Kodak got disrupted. Uh, they couldn't see where innovation was coming from and uh, you know, Instagram is is uh, 
much larger than Kodak could ever have hoped to be. So I think this is not just happening within the media. I think innovation and disruption is actually happening everywhere, across mm. sectors. If you look at you know, the auto industry, or you look at uh, mobile phones, like BlackBerry got blown out of the water, or EVs are coming into you know, uh, our lives faster than we can understand. So I think when we, the way this has been framed, I feel is, um, I mean, I know you want us to have a big debate and fight over here about legacy and <laughs> no. uh, digital and all that, but. No, but I started with like, tell me one good thing about mainstream media, but anyway. Go so ahead. I think the, the, the good thing is, um, Digital, something we can learn, basically. I think digital, digital media can learn about how mainstream media has been able to create genuine value for millions of users over, the, over their lifetimes, right? Like, there's a great affinity that legacy brand users have towards those brands. Hmm. Like, you hear your, you know, the older people speaking about, oh, I can't start my day without reading this XYZ newspaper or something like that. So, uh, that is there. So, there's, there's, they've built relationships with people. So, I think creating genuine value by, you know, good quality storytelling and a whole host of other principles. So think about the audience, I would say, for digital media, right? Because digital media is always changing eyeballs. Mm. The other way around for, uh, for legacy media to look at uh, the, the new innovators, I think, is, is the, the principle of innovation. Be aware, be humble, understand that somebody is perhaps executing better than you or it's a better idea. So give uh, things that you and, you know, take it on merits rather than being on a, in an ivory tower on a high horse <laughs> or something like that. Don't be smug, basically. Don't be smug. <laughs> Thanks, Manisha. So uh, I joined in February 2020, just before the pandemic started. And I was toying around with joining the new media, the digital media, for almost four months, you know, because the first thing they told me is that you won't get paid as much as, you know, you earn now. They <laughs> okay. said that you'll have to take a huge slash in salary. Mm. But, you know, I said that, look, it's okay. I can give it a shot now. Uh, I have the skills. Uh, so the pandemic happened, and I was in a, in a damn good magazine which had a very good brand name, and CEOs would respect that brand name, and uh, I, I did feel happy while I was there. But when I came to, to say a digital medium, I felt that I was not running a race at all. Mm. I, w I was just walking in some park somewhere, having my own world sort of a thing. So this really pushes you to think very differently, at least the way the the medium is moving fast, makes you think very differently. And that, I feel, is the crux of bringing back journalism into, you know, into uh, the medium in which we are in. Mm. So that's what I feel is the biggest difference right now. Um, in, in, in Fortune, uh, which, which is where I was there before, I wouldn't bother about what really happened to my article because I had met a big, very big CEO. I have put him on the cover. He has told me things that he has not uh, told people before. But I would just not bother what happened to that story right after it was published. Mm. It was over for me. I close the case and I go away. But in the digital medium, I get slapped every day in the morning saying that, oh, you wrote this great story. Nobody is reading this story, <laughs> right? What's wrong with you? Why don't you write a better story? So that's good, right? So you push people to actually deliver stories that people want to read. Mm. And that, I feel, is a great uh, learning uh, in the digital space. There's also an immediacy with your audience. You get Absolutely. to get very... I mean, the, the moment your article is published, yeah. in one hour, you would get calls from people telling you that, look, this is what you've done. People don't have to wait for letters to the editor anymore. You can just no. <laughs> log on to yeah. Twitter and tell the journalists. 
Go ahead, Sumit. Uh, what do you want ABP News and Z, your former organization, <laughs> to learn from the Shudra? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jai Bhim to everybody. Uh, and this is like a great uh, time for me to be with uh, the Media Rumble things and great, amazing gathering. Uh, if you ask me, uh, like, what should I learn from my uh, former organizations and the uh, mainstream media, I started my career with ABP News in way back to 2014 when the great leader was emerging in India, uh, Mr. Narendra Modi, and you know how the Indian media is working after the 2014. So when I entered ABP News, it, every, it was the election time. I joined in uh, February 2014, so everybody was shouting Modi, Modi, and the election campaign was at its peak. And later on, when the government was formed, everybody is uh, how media is working. Everybody is aware about what is happening around. So, uh, if you ask me that what should I learn from the organizations, I would say I should learn from them not to shout. Mm -hmm. I should learn from not to hide facts. I should learn from that, you know, uh, uh, not to uh, make fool of the Indian audience. I should learn from them not to, you know, weaken the uh, democracy of India and uh, not to serve the masters in a way that you, you, you know, start working anti-people, uh, anti-Indians, you know, uh, Indians actually. What Indian media is doing, I call it anti-national. Uh, uh, yeah, this is what's happening around. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as far as the media legacy is concerned for me, I would say that what I learned from Indian Institute of Mass Communication when I, where I, you know, was studying this journalism, they taught us that you should, you know, uh, just, just investigate what is happening around and you should say this is right this is wrong and you should also talk about the people those who are being marginalized and deprived of their basic rights this is what the journalism is galat ko galat bolo sahi ko sahi bolo this is what you need to do this was taught to us so uh, within this uh, definition when i look at the media experience of my being with different channels i said okay these media channels are not working accordingly with their definitions and i found the roots of my journalism to my ancestors like uh, the definition, what I, I just, just mentioned in the uh, talk, I, I, I relate it to Kabir, because Kabir was also telling what is happening around, and he was, you know, raising questions for the marginalized sections, and he was trying to uh, making the society better, which Indian media is not doing. So how the Kabir was working, how the Ravidas was working, how the Buddha was working, so this is called the legacy. For me, this is the That's media the legacy, legacy for me. Like, Kabir said, Jo tu baman baamni jaya, aan kaat kahe na aya. Tum kaise baman, hum kaise sood, hamra kaise lahu, tumra kaise dood. So how the, Kabir was challenging the, the status quo of the society, how the discrimination was being done to people. He was questioning it. And how the Ravidas was doing, Aisa chahu raj mein jahaan mile saban kuan, chhot basai, sab sang basai, redas rahe prasan. So he was challenging the, the, the very basic idea of the society, which is based on casteism, which is based on the uh, degradation of the society. And he, he like, he clearly Clearly, he was challenging the, the, the current, uh, you know, regime, the current law and order. He was challenging, which, which was unjust according to him. And for you to do that, yeah. uh, it was important to move away from mainstream television news channels and start your own YouTube. True, true. So this is like I'm coming to that point. So I, I, I take the connections with my ancestors and how Baba Sahib Dr. Ambedkar started his Mook Nayak in way back to 1920 and how Periyar Sahib, Gashiram Sahib, they all, all started the newspapers and magazines for their own people. So so I, I take inspirations from these figures, not from Sudhi Chaudhary, he was my ex-boss, not from Roy Sardana, he's no more, but he was my boss. So I, I, I was the lead producer for Deepak Chaurasia when he 
he was in India News. So <laughs> I was the producer for his show. So I cannot learn something from him, right? I cannot learn from uh, Anjana Omkashyap or Ruby Kaliyakat. They all were my colleagues. So I take inspirations from those. So this is what I learned from my figures, not from these figures. And we can, you know, uh, learn also something from these uh, mainstream media. You guys call it mainstream media. We call it Manu stream media because 90% of the people are from particular communities only. That's what I yeah. past survey also. So, so yes, as far as learning is concerned, like you can learn the technical things like how to, you know, uh, make your presentation more good in a way, yeah. not like Sudhir Chaudhary or Deepak Chaudhary, but in a good way. The technical uh, aspects. Technical aspects, you can learn from it. Like when I entered, I learned a lot of things. I had the perspective building. I had the, you know, skills. Uh, I learned so many things, how to do reporting, how to video edit, how to fact check, how to, you know, uh, have different kind of uh, areas of journalism that you can learn from these things, but not uh, the way how Indian media is working. So I cannot learn from them. Right okay, now. great. I have a different experience actually so so and I, completely valid this is uh, so nikhil was talking about uh, the you know one thing that mainstream media has it going for it is the trust and the you know brand recall value that it's built and that is true in some ways though we can challenge it with the kind of work that we do and you know, the kind of work sumit has talked about but they have this enormous advantage of you know the massive reach that they have the legacy the recall value what, how can digital compete with that? Or is it even important to compete? Or is that, is that just not I even something that, that we should... I think that's the fundamental question. <laughs> should we be competing on okay. reach? Yeah. Because I think uh, one of the things that we all have to be careful about is that uh, digital distribution makes us lazy. We believe that we can kind of reach the entire world. Mm. We lose sight of the fact that you're creating with someone in mind. And if you're trying to be everything to everyone, the chances are that you'll appeal to no one, hmm. right? So I think that's the philosophy with which we've kind of approached Founding Fuel. We're a niche platform. Hmm. We have no ambitions of competing with Fortune or Forbes or, or any other business platform uh, or your story for that matter. We're very clear about the kind of profile of, of users we'd like to uh, appeal to. So, so that's, that's one. Right, so let's not get greedy and start believing that in seven years we'll be able to match the heft. Having said that, um, one can clearly see dilution, serious dilution in quality of the mainstream media brands that we just discussed, right? Um, they're increasingly becoming irrelevant um, because uh, um, they're no longer able to work with large teams, which was a situation, let's say five years ago, the cost of talent itself is becoming prohibitive. But more importantly, I think the whole challenge of being able to hold on to your best talent, especially post-COVID, has become a serious issue. It requires some serious soul searching. I don't want to name it, but if you look at some of the biggest business brands in the last couple of years, um, they, they're kind of losing people every day. Uh, there is a fair amount of disillusionment because um, I think uh, Chartbeat and tech tools have replaced news setting agendas. The editor and the editorial team's responsibility was to be very clear how you're going to serve your audience. And you could, in some ways, um, without having to, you know, kind of be everything to everyone, decide in setting your own news agenda. Um, one is not seeing that. It is driven by Google SEO results and, and all kinds of other nifty 
tech data, uh, data analytics, which is hijacking the old school way of looking at building a news media brand, right? I think it's worrisome. I think we need to push back. It's not as if we don't look at data ourselves, yeah. but that can't define our newsroom agenda, right? Uh, that's one. Um, also, I think um, um, storytelling itself is changing. The point I made right at the beginning that um, today you've got to appeal to all senses. The reading habit has come down. There was a time when eight out of 10 people would read, let's say, Mint very closely, right? That reading habit has suffered, right? Either because today's generation would pref much prefer watch a video or, or listen to a podcast. So we've got to change the way that we serve, right? Um, and I think, I think mainstream media is a bit hard pressed to do that in an integrated manner. I'm not saying that they don't do morning podcasts at economic times, but one isolated podcast is not necessarily going to uh, change the game. You've got to bring it all together sometimes in telling a story. And we do that on a regular basis now. Uh, most of our stories you'll find things that you can listen to, you can read, and also watch, right? Uh, I think that, that skill building will happen. I'm sure that, that it's, not, not a, it's not rocket science, but it's still work in progress for, uh, for most mainstream media brands. Some people are doing it well. Uh, also, I think the whole idea of overwhelming the reader, I mean, I don't want to name again the brand, but nowadays I've started getting uh, invitations for events every twice or thrice a week. How many such things am I going to watch? So I believe the philosophy is less is more, mm. right? You've got to pick and choose. I mean, if you're going to overwhelm readers, and I heard a presentation which I think Surinder was also exposed to by a publisher, a leading publisher, who said the biggest problem that he's trying to solve is lack of loyalty. And what is the data on that? That most of his readers are not even reading more than two stories in a, in a month, right? So how does he get people to read more? Uh, I think it's a wrong framing of the problem. Uh, if you stop uh, allowing traffic to determine your editorial strategy, you will prob probably be far better off than trying to compete with Google and Facebook and get advertising on board. I think the advertising market for digital is broken. Uh, you're, you're going to end up picking up the crumbs. 80, 90% of that digital advertising market is with people who always have a head start because they're a platform, right? Uh, so Facebook and Google is always going to be better than you. Right? Okay, so Nikhil, um, while we look at digital versus legacy, there's also a big uh, sort of a tussle within mainstream newspapers or mainstream organizations between digital and the primary product. So like the, in a newspaper, for example, when I joined the industry like in 2009, the newspaper guys were the guys who were really like doing the work and digital was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Some team on the side is doing something. So do you still see that tussle within newsrooms, especially given the kind of things that Indraji is talking about, your audience is changing taste, you having to chase numbers in some ways, uh, which I think is also a concern for digital entities. It's not just something that mainstream media chases, but also I think digital entities also think about numbers quite a bit. It's just a function of how things are. Well, absolutely. Um, I think from my vantage point, I'm able to see a lot of uh, legacy media organizations struggling to understand what's going on with their audience. Um, like the manifestation of his brand is 
one of those reasons, right? Uh, mainstream organizations are not perhaps giving uh, the sort of uh, articles or news or content that uh, Sumit's brand is able to produce, or in his case, which is a more niche uh, a product, there is a certain elevated uh, intellectual uh, need that is not being met by the brands that uh, you know we're referring to as mainstream or legacy. Now, I think, uh, I mean, all journalists and editors have a beautiful internal radar, right? Like we intuitively know when to cite a so story and you know that sort of thing. Hmm. But what data has done, as he sort of talked about, is sort of uh, started create, you know, making traffic factories out of newsrooms. You're looking at the various analytical tools that people are using, and then you start chasing uh, page views and sort of becoming very clickbaity and that kind of thing, and then devalue the loyalty of the audience or the, uh, you know, the. So when somebody comes and looks at an article and is reading, they get disappointed by the clickbaitiness of the headline and what they actually got. How they're feeling towards the end of that story. The headline didn't live up, or the story didn't live up to the headline, or the video didn't live up to the title, or whatever. So that is, I think, something that has happened and will need to. We need to move past that. I think a lot of publishers have realized that they need to move past that. But the battle between um, the legacy newsrooms is more around, I think, the business models that they choose to adopt. Mm. Are you going for a primarily ad-driven model, or are you going for a primarily reader-supported model. So that reader support can be subscriptions like the Morning Context, it can be donations um, like The Wire or I mean, News Laundry is also a subscriber-funded platform. So the various models, but you have to determine what's your primary driver of revenue and where your primary loyalty lies as a publisher or as a, or as a news outlet. Because internally, I find that that's the major battle bit between various teams, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I mean, across legacy media. And do you see any change in that? This battle between what's your primary revenue going to be? I think, you know, uh, with larger organizations, it's more complicated. But with yeah. smaller organizations, I think uh, if, if the leadership takes a call that, hey, we're going to be primarily reader-supported or reader-funded, uh, then it's easier. Or if it's purely ad-driven, it's fine. I mean, uh, if Sumit decides that his YouTube channel, you know, the advertising that he's going to generate out of that is, or the brand partnerships that he strikes, or you know, various revenue models that he explores, um, that's his call. But with larger organizations, particularly legacy organizations, sometimes I think they're blindsided by I mean, just their sheer size and the various competing teams and interests yeah. within. It could happen that... And know, it also needs that news-gathering strength just to have that big bureau everywhere. So it's, it's kind of difficult for them also to just go one way or the other. Yes, yeah, so with, with newspapers, you have you know, multiple editions, different bureaus. Uh, the, the editorial operations are much more complicated. Um, and whereas digital operations tend to be more centralized because you know, that's the structure of the, the publishing uh, industry, uh, I think newspapers, though, uh, should perhaps... I mean, I, I do see a lot of them putting a lot back into newsrooms. People are investing. The, the, the uh, light at the end of the tunnel or the silver lining is actually that now uh, readers are fed up with clickbait stuff, and I think they're realizing that they are gravitating towards... Uh, more value-based uh, journalism and, and content in general. My, my fear is that, you know, I just want to zoom out a little bit from this debate and if it's okay with you to just say that the threat to media is not within the media and that the battle is not between legacy and digital. Yeah. We're actually, uh, in the attention economy, we're losing to everything that's outside of sort of mainstream news and media, right? Like, um, everybody's a creator today, you know, uh, people are, 
as Aldous Huxley said, people are like perhaps entertaining themselves to death by just looking at reels or sh YouTube shorts or I don't know what. Mm. So <laughs> in, you have to really think about you know, repositioning journalism and news in people's lives and ensuring that that is winning. I think it's, there's a lot of collaboration required between digital and legacy media to, to crack that holy grail. Because Manisha, that's a fairly fundamental point because it's about thinking about users far more deeply than creating products in the hope that they will be able to build a connection and a relationship with your user. Two different approaches. And I think data certainly gives you some clues, but it's largely data on media consumption, right? What is going on in their lives? How do you find that out and solve for it? The point I think that you're trying so to you're make. You're not really competing with just each other, but you're competing with the whole world out there on the internet, with, like yeah. I said, with shots. But I have five minutes left, so I'm going to quickly come to him. Uh, Morning Context has made a conscious choice to not do the clickbaity stuff or do those 100 stories a day. You are doing that premium story, which goes out and people are paying for it. So how has that been for you? And do you think that despite um, you know, the deep pockets that legacy media has, the innovation still seems to be coming more from the digital side in terms of doing those premium stories or you know, even experimenting with the paywall way before uh, legacy thought of it? See, uh, legacy media at some point of time, I you know, I would say is like the landed gentry, you know, they say that we will do what we want to do sort of a thing, right? And they keep at their own pace. Whereas the very idea of, say, a morning context was to do the story the journalists wanted to do. So that makes a lot of a difference, right? So uh, if, if you want to do a hard-hitting story, perhaps it will be debated in a legacy media house, say, perhaps for weeks before they approve of the idea. And the idea that it would be toned down to a large extent. Whereas the morning context, you can just go ahead and do that story, right? In the legacy media, perhaps you will have 15 people checking. And that, I feel, is, is what the digital media needs to sort of go to the next step, that they will have to ensure that everything that they write is accurate. They can't you know, just make accusations and get away sometimes, right? So uh, therefore, this, uh, you know, in the morning context, we have said that there is a large audience for people to read stories that are not being said before. And that is the USP. And we focus only on that. And that's made a good success for us. Yeah, certainly when we write those hard-hitting stories, um, people do come and subscribe. But they also feel that, why is it that it's only like this, right? You know, when, when a business reader wants to read, he wants to read even the positive stories. But, okay. yeah. but he does want to. There is, a, there is a small population of that. But they may not pay you for that, right? So that is the challenge. Sumit, I think both of them raise a very interesting question of that we are today as journalists competing with a lot of things on the internet. So, and attention span also. So young kids may not, I mean, earlier it was YouTube videos, but today maybe kids just watch reels. Mm -hmm. They don't even go to, you know, YouTube. So how is the Shudra, uh, uh, while providing this really important alternative to, you know, mainstream television media, also catering? I mean, is there any thinking within the newsroom? How do we reach out to younger audiences? What are the new formats we want to try? Uh, what are the kind of videos we should be doing? So in terms of formats, uh, what has your approach been? Okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, like the question why we need the Shudra, the Newsbeak, as you guys have published a report yesterday only, that 90% of mainstream media is controlled by the upper caste community only. So uh, I would take the benefit of this great stage and would like to share about that whatever happening around us, the bad time or the Hindu-Muslim binary and the wrong things happening around us just because of media, 
I am proud that my people are not responsible for it because my people are not there in the media. So the people, those who are controlling it, are they responsible for such things? <laughs> so <laughs> my people are not part of it. So uh, yes, uh, nowadays digital media is growing, and our generations, our people from the community, are also you know purchasing new mobiles, getting new Wi-Fi connections, and taking 4G, 5G uh, devices. So there is a huge uh, you know demand uh, of content, especially when you are into community journalism. The cast class and gender issues you are discussing and you are talking about the Dalit Bahujan issues. So there is a huge gap that uh, content is not provided by the mainstream media unless there is a caste atrocity like Hathras, Lakhimpur, Khiri or anything like that. So they, they only cover us when somebody beat us, somebody rape us, somebody murder us or, or you know some, some kind of brutal atrocity happens to us and the video comes on social media. So only then they take about uh, you know uh, those stories otherwise they have nothing to do with the Dalit issues like caste and or the uh, reservation or, or, or you know uh, uh, the equal representation in different organization they, they never in a campaign or stories what is happening around they don't do it so uh, we also provide content to our community uh, we, we also discuss about the atrocity but meanwhile we discuss the issues which are important for our community and people take it very you know uh, uh, they welcome it because nobody is doing it, right? Other organizations are not doing us. Some digital media are doing just because I, I believe that there is a huge market of the Dalit Bhojan STOBC because now numbers of people from these communities are coming on internet. They are running social media handles and they are kind of opinion maker or influencers on Twitter, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram. So there is a huge market. So other digital media are doing it for clickbait. Otherwise, they were completely ignoring us. So now, yeah, there is a market. So you just publish a video or a story related to our community. So a lot of people will come on, click on them. So there's a clickbait issue with the digital media thing. We uh, provide them the analysis video, the ground reports. We, we uh, recently we have started our own, uh, you know, YouTube shorts channel also because a lot of the youngsters are coming with the Short. Insta reels and shorts and they are not watching the uh, long videos. So we are giving them 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. So that whatever the trends are coming in, in social media. And I just want to ask a quick question and then we can go to your reels. Uh, in your uh, experience, what works more? Is it a ground report or an analysis or an anchor driven kind of a format. Do you See, have any now, metrics? now just because of social media, uh, people from our community also, they are not totally dependent on the mainstream media just for the information because yeah. whatever happening around is available on social media and you, you, you are updated. You still, you know, keep updating yourself about what is happening around. So, uh, if, if a Supreme Court decision is coming on EWS or we call it Sudama Kota, so if the decision is coming and, and they are discussing it, so people wanted to know what does it mean to the community. So, more analysis. Yeah, so more of the analysis videos are, you know, appreciated by the community. But yes, ground reports are also because uh, like Hathras case was happened, nobody was covering it for 10 days. There was not a single story in mainstream media when that incident happened. We went to the ground, we covered it, we, we talked to the victim fam family. People were looking for the content on only the Bahujan channel. So yes, everything is appreciated by community because nobody else is doing it. In fact, we at News Laundry had also done a yeah, report yeah. within the first one week. Okay, so I'm out of time. Uh, let's take some questions from the audience. This lady here. We live in the advent of technology, in the advent of change, where almost everything, every viewership content, be it movies or be it media in general, it is reduced to these small forms. So do you think this is going to pose a threat to the traditional media in the sense of its existence, a threat to its existence in totality and a total shift to digital media 
in the sense that there's going to be a decentralization in the structure, the power structure of digital media as well. In fact, I very vividly remember one of this famous veteran journalist, Ravish Kumarji, once saying that he's sitting yeah. right there. So <laughs> <laughs> she's shocked. She's like, ah, he's here. Fan girl moment. Bola or prakat ho She has to say the right thing. Right? saying once that um, even when it comes to if there's a change in the ownership or uh, any other thing if there's a change in the mode as well all it requires is two things for true media to exist number one a mic and a camera and the other one is true instilling a true sense of journalism okay. so what so remains your stake it is so one at question this. I guess is that will the primary product cease to exist I am mean, I'm very no. skeptical of that. I don't think that will happen. A newspaper or a television channel. Books were invented in the 16th century. Are we still reading books? <laughs> so, but the but you know, audience will decline, for sure. I mean, huh? there's no doubt about it. Audience will? It will decline at an alarming rate. I mean, there's no doubt about the fact that newspapers are going to be under threat. The new generation simply doesn't, my daughters at home, they don't even look at it. Forget about, you know, so so let's, let's not uh, escape the fact that, I mean, we're looking at a fairly sharp inflection point. But I'm not entirely sure we're well served with 20 second, 30 second short videos. Um, I know it, it, that's, that's something that media tends to do, which is to see that that consumption's going up, so let's try and cater to that. Um, I, I, I think there is reason to pause and, and see if there is, on important issues, if there is a better way to present We've all got to be better at it. We've been, Surinder and I have been magazine journalists, so there is a tendency to write 3,000 words at the drop of a hat. You can't do that. You've got to be able to tell a story well. And as I said, we've got to use all the, the sense, uh, tease all the senses. Um, read, watch, listen. I mean, we, we can't kind of at this point in time just hammer out a 1,000 word story and expect people to read. You wanted to come uh, in? It's not going to happen. No, sure. I, I just wanted to say that you know, when the medium changes, the content just moves from one medium to the other, right? It will move from the newspaper to the uh, phone. Uh, it's just what has happened to, say, video games, right? Uh, most people play video games, and it, it is not lost at all. It has all come to the phone. And we're not given up on games, and in fact, it is increasing, and video game companies make a lot of money. So I don't think that the game will change. The medium will change, and you'll have to adapt the, the content to the medium. So uh, in the morning context, people still want to read those 2,000 word stories. And we, uh, and for several stories that, you know, we get about uh, 15,000 people who view stories and read those long 2,000 word stories, right? So that audience exists there. Next question. Uh, there is a, a trend in, for, in United States that legacy media companies like uh, Disney, uh, which owns ABC, has brought a sizable stake in digital media companies like Vice. And also, I think Comcast now has a uh, is the owner of Vox. So, do you think that this trend uh, will uh, will also come over into India, where uh, legacy media companies may acquire digital media companies? Thing is that uh, legacy media companies uh, run, run marathons in in terms of running businesses, right? They have lots of money, and there are lots of parts of their business that don't make money, but they still have those companies, right? So, it, at a, when the push comes to shove, digital companies, they don't make money, will be acquired by legacy media companies, right? Unless they are able to cut costs and be profitable very quickly, uh, legacy media will swallow digital companies, and that's how they will turn into digital companies too. 
Abhinandan. That's assuming legacy is making money. But yeah. <laughs> so my question is actually to Ravi Shah, who had said he will not speak when he comes here. But <laughs> when I went out, I was told, please shut down your own outfit. If you're going to set up an event and Ravi is here, you can't say it. I 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 can't और आपने क्या सिखाया है और आप कब या तो अपना लेगेसी आउटफिट शुरू करेंगे क्योंकि रवीश अब सीरियस क्वेश्चन इज बिकम अ ब्रांड बाय इटसेल्फ या फिर आप कोई अल्टरनेटिव मीडिया करेंगे या फिर इंस्पायर करते रहेंगे लोगों को नहीं ऐसी बात नहीं थैंक यू नहीं अच्छा है मैं आप सभी की बातें सुन रहा था जो सीखने की बात है तो जो चौहान अभी कह रहे थे कि जो टेक्निकल एस्पेक्ट्स है उसके उसके जो इस पेशे में रहने की जो जरूरतें हैं उसके अलावा आप उस आइडियोलॉजिकल पैराडाइम को भी आप कंटेस्ट करते हैं या उसके प्रेशर को फील करते हैं जो एक तरह का एक तरह की हेजमनी बनाना चाहती है चाहे वो इकोनॉमिक ऑर्डर की हेजमनी हो या फिर वो एक कास्ट सोशल रिलीजियस ऑर्डर की हेजमनी हो बहुत टाइम लग जाता है इसको समझने में न्यूज़ रूम में काम करते हुए और बहुत टाइम लग जाता है कि इस मीडिया के पीछे जो बड़े बड़े खिलाड़ी हैं उनको समझने में कि ये जो खेल हो रहा है वो दरअसल सिर्फ इन्फॉर्मेशन के डिसमिनेशन का खेल नहीं है इसके जरिए कुछ और हो रहा है जो अपने तरह की वो कंजर्वेटिज्म को रेनफोर्स करते हैं और जो भी वो चेंज को डिफाइन करते हैं उसी कंजर्वेटिज्म के भीतर ही उसी दायरे में वो उसको पुश करते हैं कि हाँ ये थोड़ा सा चेंज है दरअसल दो अंतर आप देख सकते हैं मैं अपने यहाँ मित्र से कह रहा था कि जो चौहान बोल रहे हैं और जो दूसरी तरफ से जो आवाज़ आ रही है उसमें बहुत अंतर है जो दूसरी तरफ से जो नॉन चौहान आवाज़ है वो एक तरह से वो एक वो कॉरपोरेट का एक लैंग्वेज है उसको बोलने का जिसमें हर कुछ ठीक लगता है और होता हुआ दिखता है जो चौहान की आवाज़ है जिसमें हर कुछ ठीक नहीं लगता है बहुत कुछ होता हुआ नहीं दिखता है जिसमें आप जो वो रिजर्वेशन का एक एक छोटा सा एग्जाम्पल दे रहे थे बड़ा इशू है लेकिन फिर भी बहुत सारे और भी इश्यूज हैं तो अब जो कुछ मैं सीखा हूं और सीखते सीखते जिस मोड पे पहुंचा हूं मैं बहुत डरता हूं इस लेगेसी मीडिया से क्योंकि इसने अरबों भारतीयों की कितनी ही पीढ़ियों की मेहनत को बर्बाद किया है एक अर्जित लोकतंत्र जिसको मैं बोलता हूँ ये बहुत अर्नड है ना हम पढ़े लिखे लोग हैं हमें यूनिवर्सिटी यु, जाने का मौका मिला यहाँ आकर बात करने और सुनने का मौका मिला लेकिन जो लोग आज़ादी की लड़ाई में थे कई साल तक जेल में रहे उनकी कई पीढ़ियाँ उनके बाद स्कूल कॉलेज नहीं जा सकें स्वाभाविक सी बात है ना कि आप अगर आप जेल में चले जाएँ अगर जी एन बाबा की तरह इस सरकार की कृपा हो तो आप छः साल तो यूँ ही सड़ा दिए जाएंगे तो क्या लेगेसी मीडिया इस पे बोलता है वो तो प्रो डेमोक्रेसी भी नहीं है 
वो इस लोकतंत्र का हत्यारा है इसको आप जितना क्रूर तरीके में समझेंगे उतना ही आप इस देश का भला करेंगे ये बात मैं किसी प्रतिक्रिया में नहीं कह रहा हूं ये बहुत साल लग गए इस बात को समझने में कि पब्लिक के कॉन्शियंस को उसकी चेतना को खत्म करने का ये माध्यम है ये बात हर आदमी मेरे कह देने से आप नहीं समझेंगी ये हर किसी को अपने अपने अनुभव के हिसाब से समझना पड़ेगा अपने जिंदगी में कि ये लेगेसी मीडिया क्या है ये अब फुल फॉर्म में आ गया है क्योंकि इसका कंट्रोल बहुत ज्यादा है और इससे कोई फर्क नहीं पड़ता कि मॉर्निंग कॉन्टेक्स्ट है या फिर शुद्रा चैनल है या अंबेडकर चैनल है क्योंकि इसके पास इतना पैसा है अभी भी ये एक इकलौता प्रोफेशन है इस दुनिया का एक सर्जन को भी आप सर्जन की फीस देते हैं इसलिए कि वो बेस्ट सर्जन होता है लेकिन आप गोदी मीडिया को ऐड क्यों देते हैं तो जर्नलिज्म नहीं करने के लिए जर्नलिज्म के नाम पे हजारों करोड़ ऐड दिए जा रहे हैं तो वैसे लोग तो आवारा होंगे ना उनको क्या फर्क पड़ता है कि कोई यूट्यूब में क्या बना रहा है या कोई स्टोरी क्या कर रहा है तो इस लेगेसी मीडिया को अब आप यूं समझिए कि उसने अपना जो एक्सपीरियंस हासिल किया मेरा एक्सपीरियंस अभिनंदन क्या था वो उतना मैटर नहीं करता लेकिन इस सत्तर पचहत्तर साल में जो इस लेगेसी मीडिया ने जो एक्सपीरियंस जनता के बीच में रहकर स्टेट और कॉरपोरेट के बीच में रहकर हासिल किया है वो ये हासिल किया है कि अगर वो चाह ले उसे ऐसा लगता है तो इस देश की डेमोक्रेसी का मर्डर वो सबके सामने सबको बिठा के कर सकता है थैंक यू बाकी का जवाब भविष्य में Great, thank you so much. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.